I, I think that there's a case to be made that on Mastering Dungeons, there could be a uh, there could be a special episode, like a special like limited series in between their regular episode that is showering with Te Sean and Teos, and it's just like like a morning like, show, oh, right? Yeah, oh yeah, like a weekly, like a daily morning show. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that they would be happy to produce a podcast <laughs> for every single day. Yeah. That's like. Hey, good morning. It's like, yeah, it's like Good Morning America for gaming. It has it has no it has no actual content, right? It's just like it's like a motivational five minute like start your day yeah. off right. It gets you ready to crit your day. Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach and the host joining me. Uh, for our news segment is Master Troy Sandlin. Hello, hello. How are we doing tonight? So much better when he's when John's not here. Yeah, he didn't that mess up so my funny. intro this time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 he didn't. Yeah, uh, there, yeah there were, Troy. Yeah. Troy uh, uh, and I are going to hang out. John is on a beach. Yeah. Um. So we know where his priorities lie. I think we can say that yeah um just a, you know casual gamer yeah that's he's he's a filthy casual yeah filthy as that casual. brand says yeah yeah um so he will he will be joining us from the future past for our main topic yes, later yes, on yes, yes. but uh for news you've got me and troy and our whole little influx here. We got a wide variety for you. I think we're gonna I think we've got some cool things to chat about, uh, Master Troy. Um I agree. Let's work our way backwards this time. Um, or at least kinda sorta. So I'm gonna let you take the wheel. Um Oh. Yes. Alright. Okay. Well, uh, we will start off with one that I'm I'm not one hundred percent familiar with. And I kind of feel like I really don't need to be to pitch this product hmm. um, just because of the pedigree. Uh, Apotheosis Studios and Satine Phoenix are working together for Sirens, Battle of the Bards. Now, for those of you that may not remember, we talked about Apotheosis Studios' uh, release of the Red Opera RPG setting uh, a, few, uh, a few months ago. Uh, hmm. Last, I think it was 2020 sometime. And it was a very, very dense product. Um, it, 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 its idea was a city of warlocks. Yeah, at least a setting of warlocks. A setting of warlocks, yeah. yeah. And uh, also ways that other classes could be a little warlocky. Mm -hmm. Which actually is kind of a precursor to something that I would like to talk about on another episode sometime. Mm-hmm. Mm. But uh, but yeah, uh, all different kinds of bards. Um, it, it's it's a a bardic revolution, if you will. It looks amazing. They've got the, like the last uh, Apotheosis Studios offering. Mm -hmm. There's a sound soundscape soundtrack to it. The artwork looks amazing. Uh, Deborah Ann Wall is part of this. Mm -hmm. uh, Luke Gygax is. Uh, is in there? He's he's a, he's done the forward. Mm -hmm. The sound is uh, some of the soundtrack is done by Jason Charles Miller. Uh, for those of you that have been around the 
the scene for a while. I'm sure that you've seen him, whether you knew it or not, or you've at least heard some of his music in different uh, in different things. And I so uh, Alex Kamer, mm-hmm. uh, David Blue, uh, Elisa Teague, Keith Baker, um, mm-hmm. author of my fa- one of my favorite uh, settings, Nerd- the Nerdarchy people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave and Ted from Nerdarchy. Yeah, so all kinds of stuff in this book, and I'm assuming it's going to be a lot like the uh, the Red Opera, where it's bards plus you know if you want your other classes to be a little bardy, different things like that. And there's different factions uh, in this really cool looking city. I don't, I did not see the picture that I saw of the city before maybe it's down here a lot oh there it is it's way down at the bottom yep yeah it's just, it very evocative it's like this weird uh spiral city going up a spire kind of thing with platforms mm-hmm. sticking off of it they're called discs so all different you know so i mean it just looks really interesting again i don't know a lot about it so but i don't need to to, to throw some more stuff in there it features the city it features a full story campaign with 20 unique adventures. Yep, yep. And it has 10 new bard subclasses. Yeah. As if bards needed more subclasses. They, they do. They really do. No. Um, and then also, Dear I think bards. the other big selling point to this campaign is that they've, got, they've partnered with Wormwood Gaming, uh, Level Up Dice, and Campaign Coins to offer some accessories. Um, it's, a, it's kind of, I think sold as a you know collector's item by and large and yeah yeah they've made collectors money they're approaching two hundred thousand mm-hmm. uh 1200 backers almost and they've got 10 days to go yeah so it i mean it, it's apotheosis studios their stuff is always looking good so yeah. not at all worried about this not being useful in any way i mean you're gonna find something in here that you're gonna love i'm sure so yep i like the idea like maybe taking this in a different route at some point but i like the idea of getting books dedicated to specific classes um i think that that's something that we that we've had in the past with previous editions right Mm -hmm. um it's 300 pages uh joe uh, by the way, 300 pages plus. Um, I like the. I, I think that's always cool because for those dedicated players who love bards or who love clerics or who love whatever, it allows them to get more more fully invested into that class. Um, I hope that it stays firmly in the third party context. We don't really need an official Watsy book for every class, but I like something like this where. And I'd, I'd even like it for like um, just player centric, right? Like where we don't have oh, a setting, yeah. and we don't have adventures, but we just have here's a bunch of lore that will help you, so or a bunch of flavor, or a bunch of mechanics, or magic items, or X Y Z. Yeah, I agree. I, I like this idea. It just looks cool. I mean, it it, it, it scratches an itch. Yeah. Much like the uh, you know the Red Opera, if you're into warlocks or. And I love the idea of it, it expanding out and allowing other classes to mm-hmm. dip their toe into that a little bit. Yep. But yeah, I backed it. Surprise. Awesome. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> but yeah, this time I cost myself money. I beat Zach right. to it. So. We'll talk about this other one because oh, yeah. it looks awesome. 
it this this one I like more, and that's saying something. Uh, yes, I do too, and I think we probably like it more for the same reasons because uh, mm-hmm. it feels a little bit more. You know, it's something more that we can uh, take apart and use in our own stuff easier. It is called the Weird and Wild. Or into the weird and wild. Sorry, uh, revised and reprinted. This has already been out before, um, yep. but they decided to tweak it a little bit more. And I missed it the first time. Didn't see it. Totally mm-hmm. flew over my head. I jumped on this one as soon as I saw it. I read through it a little bit. I watched the video. It is the forest primeval with the mm-hmm. evil part jacked up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I just came off of the. Uh, the May D&D virtual weekend and I got to run House of Lament which is a preview for the new Von Richten's Guide to Ravenloft Domains of Dread book coming out in uh, about about a week and this speaks to me especially because I was in that mindset of horror and, and all that stuff it's system agnostic so you can definitely pull something out for your favorite <laughs> system 248 pages in a six by nine format. That's yeah. a pretty great book. That's, yeah, that's a that's a thick boy. And uh, the artwork is it's some of it. It's a little comical, but creepy. Mm-hmm. And it's all about the stuff in the woods. You know, uh, your your trap. You what you what you can find. What lives out there in the deep, dense, dark center of the of the forest. Um, how you can how you can modify the rules of of your system of of choice, mm-hmm. um, what you might find, what you might encounter, and I I love this. You, you, they've got it so that you can. Uh, what can you use from the beasties and the creatures that you find? Things mm-hmm. like that. Adventures. They've got they've got their own monsters in here, which you know has an easy format that you can mm-hmm. stat in your system of choice. And yeah, the artwork just has that. It's it's most of it looks it looks like it's all black and white on the inside for the most part, except for maybe that one big creature with all the. Mm-hmm. I'm not. You have to go check it out. It's gross. Um, it just looks a lot of fun. It looks like a lot of fun. It's so going back to the art for a minute, just for listeners' sake. It's like maybe like children folk tale style illustration yeah, 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 yeah. um with a w- twisted vibe um there's yeah it, it it's a style that you know i think you know we talk about we talk you mentioned horror and it absolutely is pitching that but i think it's pitching it from a a uh younger element does that make does that make sense um, yes yeah more bizarre it's very tailish yeah yeah i dig it and then the other thing i was going to note is that it's made by the same folks who did the vast in the dark which was a zine that we talked about yep um so i love this zine i think it's really nice uh really well presented and good content so this makes a lot of sense yeah i mean uh, just for the contents uh rules for travel and survival Rules for the moon cycles and strange phases, hunting, tracking, butchering, uh, ter- monsters, items, rule forty new spells, forty plus new spells, 
for channeling the weird. Um, yeah, step-by-step guide for generating your own wilderness adventures. Uh, mm-hmm. 100 random locations. All kinds of tables for diseases, wilderness dressings, traps, hazards, flora, encounter, encounters, and more. And over 100, 150 pieces of original art for this book. There we go. I mean, awesome. very, very well done, I think. Yep. And like I said, it's got that... If the subject matter was anything but what it is, it would be a, a cute book. Mm-hmm. But it's just got that dial turned a little, yeah. a little to the left, and it's and it just kind of sets you on edge a little bit. Yep. Perfect. This I think is going to be per- a perfect campaign book, companion book for the Van Richten's Guide. Ooh. For those for those areas, those domains that have the heavy wilderness vibe, I could actually see it maybe even used as a continuation of what I got to run this past mm-hmm. weekend for when they, if they get to leave where they're at. So cool. Yeah. Into the weird and wild. Uh, check it out. Uh, looks great. All right. Uh, so I'm going to pitch a couple things to you. The first one is just a little note. Uh, this is more about a, more in the long lines of an announcement on the news end of things. Uh, roll 20, uh, announced, um, a few days ago that price increases are happening for its subscription services. Um, basically monthly subscriptions are going up a dollar. If you're already subscribed or you subscribe by July 1st, you get the current prices for the next two years. But after July 1st, any new subscribers or people who cancel or stop their subscription and then pick it up again, will be paying the higher price. Um, they really want you to know that this is the first time they've upped their price since 2012. Which I guess is a fair, that's fair, uh, fair notation, and the fact that they're giving you a two-year grace period, I think, is reasonable. Um, I don't see any problems with this. I don't think they're being unreasonable here. Um, just a just a little note from them that there is going to be that increase, and it's notable, noteworthy. It is notable. Uh, the last piece of news is the big one. Um, we've got a new announcement. Actually, I think this dropped like the day after our last I think podcast, right? I, th- I think so. This did. is a few days old at this point. Even when we, um, even when we do these news segments right before our podcast uh, is released. We sometimes still miss out on getting news as it happens, yeah. Uh, but that's fine. Uh, so the news that came out was that uh, G Four has partnered with Wizards of the Coast uh, for D and D Live twenty twenty one. I was not super familiar with G Four. I'm still not super familiar with G Four. I was, but yeah. it's basically a, a a quote unquote television station for gaming. Yeah. Is that a fair statement? And it yeah. it went dark, but it's coming back. It also has a Twitch presence and a YouTube presence and things like that. It has a streaming pre- presence, but it's coming back to television as well. Is, is what I understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, back, one back. of the oh, go ahead. Oh, go for it. I was gonna say uh, back in the day when it first hit, it was a cable channel, um, and it was all about gaming. And when I heard that it was coming, 
I got all excited. They said it was about all kinds of gaming. Well, they lied. Yeah, they meant video gaming? Yeah, they meant video gaming. And I was really stoked. I think, like, late at night, I think they would show... Play Monopoly. (laughs) Yeah, play Monopoly. Uh, No, they would show, like, Magic the Gathering tournaments. Okay. And stuff like that. So it was like... You know, and and I remember, you know, way way back when, it's like people was like, "Oh, I would never watch somebody play D anD D. That's just stupid." I tell you what, watching people play Magic the Gathering is to me, no, not fun. <laughs> <It's>, you know, <laughs> I don't play the game. The game's over my head. I'm an old grognard. I can't stand the cardboard crack kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Artwork's amazing, whatever. But yeah, I, I try to follow that while they're doing their thing. Uh, whatever, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So GeForce coming back, and apparently they're gonna get into the uh, tabletop role playing biz with D and D. Yeah. So there's really like a couple elements to this announcement, right? It's not as clean. It's not as simple as what it may seem like at the surface that G4 is going to host D and D Live. It really this announcement conveys some information about what D&D Live is going to look like this year. And it also then conveys some information about what we can expect moving forward. Um, and I think both of those are noteworthy. First and foremost, D&D Live will be July 16th through 17th, which is a few months later than it typically is. That's noteworthy. Um, secondly, it appears... Now, there was a late announcement last year too, but it appears that there will be no... Um, community play events tied to D&D Live. That, that has been officially uh, talked about. Yes. There, there there's a, yeah, there's a blurb that just says games. So we don't it know. Says, yeah, it says, um, uh, so the kind of, the presentation is it'll feature four games with star-studded casts, playing with expert DMs, as well as hosted content featuring games, interviews, special product announcements, a Dungeon Master roundtable, and exclusive giveaways for those with high enough intelligence roles. Um, yeah, so... But much knows? like last year at D&D Live, you know, they they leaned heavily into the celebrity aspect of the weekend. Yep. Very little was talked about you know, about the actual fan base of D&D getting to play. Yeah. And that ran the entire weekend, and it was hardly ever spoke about. It was it was an afterthought at best to be mentioned. But it was there. And as a matter of fact, uh, some of you listening, I, I'm guessing that's probably where we met you. Yeah. I mean, uh, we have enjoyed D&D Live in the past. Uh, we'll probably enjoy in any facet mm-hmm. that it chooses mm-hmm. to present itself um we're going to cross our fingers that in some form or fashion community games are incorporated but we don't see that as an announcement yet the other element to this announcement is that g4 will be hosting four uh limited campaign series series as series is surprises Sirai. 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 Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Be careful when you say that. You could activate your phone. <laughs> uh, they will be doing that uh, after the network launches, which I think is later in the year as its official relaunch. Um, 
But so so I think what we can kind of expect from that is a continued relationship with G4 and Wizards of the Coast going forward. I think it, it communicates that later on in the message. Um, so G4 will now be I can I can see G4 being the entertainment, mm -hmm. the video entertainment uh, arm of D&D moving forward. Uh, I think that that's a cool idea. I would love to see. I have a There's show. So many... G4, yeah. I know you're listening. I have a show I want to pitch for you. So get a hold of me. Contact information in the doobly doo below. Yeah. I'll be waiting for your call. It'll be a hit. I guarantee it. What 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 show does Troy wanna I'm not I'm not telling you. I Girk's out there, he'll steal it. He lives out in California. <sighs> He's got direct access. Well, hang on now. Hold on a minute. Like if you say it now, then we have like a record. <laughs> so if Gert goes back and steals it, we now have, oh. we know we know where it came from. Is what I'm saying. I see. I see. Uh, let's just say I think uh, esports in D and D, like peanut butter and chocolate, like you, peanut you butter and chocolate, gonna, baby. Like just yep, melt together in holy matrimony. I think so. I think so. It's it's the Reese's cup of the gaming uh, universe, right there. Yep, yep. I, I'm sure it is not um, controversial at all to say that competition and D and D belong together. Is no, not why no. I mean, you know, DMs have been competing <laughs> against <laughs> players since the since this stuff started. No, hmm. kidding. Uh, but no, it is a little different, and the style would be different. It's just, I think, uh, yeah, Ghost Tower of Inverness was kind of uh, a little on the competitive side. Um, they used to host D&D &D Opens. The D&D the &D mm. Opens of old were very competitive. Ye old, ye old Opens. Ye old Opens. Yeah. Opensies. Opanai. Op op Opanai. Op yeah. <laughs> Good thing John's not here. Kind of like octopi. Octo oct octopuses? Yeah. Yeah. Octopi. I already did. Okay. <laughs> I do that before uh, the show. Yeah, there you go. That, that's the way to do it. Um, so, uh, yeah, see? What see, I would... Girk's sitting here. He's got his pen ready. He's going he's gonna <sighs> to call all of his producer friends. Because, you know, all those California people know each other. Know each other. Yeah, yeah. That's that's really what... Yeah, that's true. That's a true statement. Um, it's just like Kansas. It's just like Kansas. <laughs> so, I think the only thing that I would notate there is, like, is G4 going to be an afterthought, or are they going to work to make sure that they get the best entertainment? Because, honestly, correct me if I'm wrong, but right now... Watsy live stream games are the afterthought of streams. Well, I'm kind of wondering if these streams are going to kind of be born from what happens at D&D Live, like with those celebrity players. I mean, you know, I would, I'm not saying this person is going to be part of this, but I personally would watch, I would make a point of tuning into this channel and watching a live stream game, if somebody like say the Big Show was playing, mm. you know, just because I think he's hilarious. 
and to see to see someone like that playing this game he's already larger than life to see him you know hopefully hopefully he would uh play like a halfling mm. or something and you know just just to watch that you know depending on who is in this stream being a channel that has this kind of backing mm-hmm. without wizards involvement but a channel that has this kind of backing to see what kind of people they can pull in to be on these in these campaigns i think would be interesting hmm hmm so i <sighs> I guess I guess what I'm getting at is like, yeah, we'll get the celebrity and the whatever aspect, and I think that's cool. But like, maybe maybe you view it differently than me. But there are probably like three or four streamed D and D games that I would watch before I considered watching one of the official Watsy sponsored ones. Okay. You know, obviously we have like Critical Role and Colville's and blah blah blah. We also have Penny Arcade, and we have there's some great Roll Twenty ones, and you know stuff like that. So what I hope is that they are going to emphatically attempt to compete with the big dogs in the streaming, or that they draft the big dogs onto their platform, mm. because otherwise. This feels like a thing that's designed to fail if what they're going to do is release second-rate content <laughs> on on a on a big platform. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That is definitely fair. Yeah. Cuz yeah, not most of us don't have the time to watch more than maybe one or two live plays or keep up with them, right? So it, it, um, it's a struggle. I mean, if if you if you do anything if you can work from home it's a it's a help you can just put it on in the background put yeah. it on 1.25 speed and yeah go plow through it plow through but it but we ta- we talked about this in the past right like if you do the math right critical role is 4 hours right or listening to questionable <laughs> podcasts very true joe like that that's the first thing you can cut if you're trying to get <laughs> another live play in i listen I'll name one podcast um, that you have no business listening to. Um, <laughs> hmm. But but you know if you if you're listening to Critical Role, even at one one point two five, that's three hours every week. Yeah. Um, if you're listening to uh, you know, uh, oh, I don't want to. I don't. I won't name. A, I won't name names. But like, if you if you take some of those on. All of a sudden, you could easily have twelve hours of content that's weekly that you've got to work through. Bringing oh, on yeah. any additional stuff, trying even any additional stuff, then becomes can become a burden. Um, it's not like adding a TV show; it's like adding a feature film or two every week to your roster. Fair, but and to Girk's point, he just he just commented that's how he spends his commute every day. Which mm-hmm. is what I do a lot. When I'm driving, mm-hmm. I throw in a podcast of some either either I'm listening to uh, gaming advice or gaming news or that's true. Critical uh, role or you know the glass I hear cannon you. things like that. All right, we're going to talk about this for a minute. <laughs> Settle in. Uh, I can't imagine that the average person has a commute of more than one hour every day. 
True. So if we assume that one hour is the commute time maximum, and I know it's not the maximum, but maximum average, if there is such a thing, maximum average is one hour. That means that there's five, five, or, you know, five days, maybe six days. So 10 to 12 hours content. If you're going to listen to only D and D content every week, right? Um, if you have three actual plays, that's almost all the content, right? Three actual plays, almost all the content. Yep. Adding more demands you take up evening time or other elements of the time, which is more difficult. So, in order to make it as a live play and build up a following that's meaningful, you're going to have to be in the top five. Podcasts and and other types of media, whatever, YouTube videos, whatever, those are chunky, bite-sized elements that you can swap in and out and fit into more places. But live plays, you're starting to ask for a large time investment once you get out of the commute bubble. Yeah, exactly. So, Girk saying two hours. Um, Joe saying before COVID, his commute used to be one hour total per day. I think, yeah, I've had 40-minute commutes most of my, or a lot of my working life. Um, So, yeah, I I think that those are all reasonable. Um, But that's why, like, if you look at, like, a very, very popular stream right now and i say very very popular and that you maybe heard about it maybe gets 40 viewers live live yes i agree with the live yeah to me to me if if your if your live play isn't then transposed into podcast format you've already lost me because i probably i probably consume more game related audio content than most people in mm-hmm. in our hobby yeah. i get up yeah. you know i i listen to it while i'm taking a shower in the morning kind of a thing uh when i get done with my shower you know should we call teos or message teos and say yeah teos and sean <laughs> you'll be, you, you'll you, be, you'll be to happy know. to know that i i listen to you and sean <laughs> in the shower your sultry tones <laughs> you know Wake me up every That's day right. in the shower. It's, it's like zest. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, then, then it's you know on my commute to work. It's your second Salson blue penetrating the sky. <laughs> is that what it is? Okay, that's yeah. fair. But I mean, you know, it's like yeah. even even yeah. Uh, to take it back from the weird that that Zach is pushing it towards. <laughs> um, even even if I might just going to the store, I throw on a podcast. I get to the store. I. I earbud in and I, I walk through the store and I'm still listening to that podcast and mm-hmm. it and that serves two, uh, two functions. I'm getting my my gaming content and I have po- my earbuds in, so people leave me alone generally. Or if they're not, I don't hear them, so I just ignore them and keep going. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Well, so I, I don't even know why we got on this. I, well, G four. Uh, 
I I really hope that it's cool because I would like to have another cool element to the hobby that's bringing more people in from a different venue, right? Like if it's a gaming video gaming channel, but now it has four things of D and D, that's going to bring in a new mm. crowd. And as long as the content there is kick ass, and and, I, and again, if those if those when those four shows don't deliver, or if they don't deliver, I should say, my show. Contact my show away. will deliver. That's right. That's right. Cool. D and D athletes, awesome. get ready. Get your dice. Get your, get your dice throwing arm worked out. Is there a what? Staffleets. <laughs> Staffleets. <laughs> yes, Staffleets. It kind of sounds like a strange fungal infection. What, 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 where you been? I had staff leads. Oh, that's oh, too bad. That, that's a shame. Yeah, my uncle had staff leads. <laughs> 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 okay. Okay. All right. Well, hey, uh, I think this is enough of me and Troy chit-chatting. We need John here to streamline us, to cut through the crap, and to get... Uh, to get us on the straight and narrow, let's go ahead and bring John in. Let's refill our drinks yeah, yeah, let's and let's go, talk yank, about yank him out of the out of the sand and uh, let's put him to work. Yes. That's right. Yeah. And we're back. Drinks refilled. Um, snacks gathered. And ready to talk about um, something that really doesn't get a lot of coverage um, in the D&D hemisphere. Um, something that's well-loved, well-received, and uh, has had practically zero complaints since it's, uh, uh, you know, birthing it's however many, seven years ago. Yeah. Uh, of course, we're talking about the Ranger. We're talking about... We, so we talked about... Um, we talked about the cleric a few weeks ago, right? And uh, that was a fun discussion. So we decided, you know what, we're going to slide in some discussions of the other classes uh, as they as they come along and as we find slots for them. And we asked our chat a few weeks ago, and they said uh, Ranger sounded like something that they would like to hear about. So we're going to do our best to dissolve the Ranger into... Uh, into its base elements and then communicate those as, as best we can. Um, general thoughts, fellas, what do we think about, is it as, is the ranger as bad as they say? It's weak. Uh, it, the subclasses are pretty weak. When, well, when, even the base stuff that comes along with it is really weak and generic and can be done better with a fighter. Yeah. If you, well, that, that's something else too, right? Straight out of the gate. Uh, and I think it's it's a problem in how things have been portrayed over the over the uh, decades. You want to play an archer? What's the first thing you think of? Oh, I'll play a ranger. Why? Mm -hmm. Play a play a rogue or a fighter? Mm -hmm. Because all the artwork in the player's handbook. I'm, not, I'm this is yeah. a general statement. Probably not true, but most of the ranger artwork has a bow and arrow. Uh, true. All, yes, you're abs you're absolutely Pretty right. Much. The the uh, the archetypical ranger that they provide is bow and arrow, not yeah. a not a dual wielder. Which is which is strange because you know 
when you say ranger, there's two that I think of. Drizzt. Drizzt and Aragorn. Aragorn. Mm-hmm. And honestly speaking, that's where the two weapon fighting came from was from Aragorn. And mm-hmm. solely the scene from Weathertop Mountain. When mm-hmm. he's got a sword in one hand and a, and a torch in the other and he's doing his thing fighting off the, the, the Nazgul and stuff. It's like And see I never I never saw it like that. I saw it like as a like a necessity and not necessarily like a his fighting style whenever I read it or watched right. it in the movies or anything yeah. like that, right? It just to me, kinda, Aragorn was just another fighter. Right, yeah. Well I mean he's a ranger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's no, no, ranger. yes. I'm with you. Which Yeah. But I mean but yeah, I get it. It's like yeah, okay, he's a ranger, but what does that mean? And so right. it feels like in the rules it's like, oh, let's try and make him an archer but also uses two weapons because he had to swing a torch in his offhand one time mm-hmm. and doesn't use a shield. I don't know. It just was kind of a strange uh, growth of that iconic, you know, scene in the book mm-hmm. and the animated movie at the time. But. Yeah, it, it it's problem, right? The problem with the Ranger, I think, at least in my mind, can be distilled down to its purpose. Um, the, if you're, if, if, if its purpose is nature and animals, the druid does it better. Yep. If its purpose is fighting, you know, sword and sword or two weapon fighting or bow and arrow or whatever, the the fighter does it better. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's so it's, uh, its purpose is neither of those. I don't think that, I don't think that wizards is dumb enough to give us a class that really doesn't have a purpose. And I think the ranger's purpose is exploration. It's it is it's the land the itself, not the creatures, right? But then the but then the rogue does it better. Well, or, not necessarily. Or as well, or as well, well I'll say. It's, okay, the rogue's purpose is damage, and so should the rangers. The ranger's purpose, I am convinced, is actually exploration it's actually an exploration not in the sense of maybe as broad as sometimes we paint it but as in like wildlands mm-hmm. you know moving through wilderness um exploring new locations on a map that sort of thing the problem is that there that portion of D is virtually non-existent at this point so the ranger mm-hmm. doesn't serve a huge purpose because it, the purpose that they designed around it ended up not being a key component of its ga- of, the, of their game. Even though they call it one of the three pillars. Yeah, even it's though they the call weakest. I mean, they don't... They have to because, like, they don't have another choice, right? Like, right. they call it one of their pillars and they say that it's valuable because they've said it's valuable and it's one of their pillars for the whole time, right? But it's not true. Right. It's, it's, um, it's mislabeled, and I think that's what causes it such to be such a weak pillar. I still prefer to call it problem solving mm-hmm. yeah well and, and, and like you can tell that like I think part of the ranger's problem is that it I think it maybe was designed early or something or before they had the full idea of their system fleshed mm-hmm. out because what's its biggest thing like what's the one of its cornerstone abilities it's this idea of you know natural explorer or whatever that gives you you know benefits to tracking things in different terrains well, and, and favorite enemy. Like, right. Who do they hate the most? What group do they hate? And or are, are they hunting after the most? Which is has become incredibly problematic in today's climate. 
That's mm -hmm. true. That's true. But right. even just unless it's not just, unless it's humanoids, right? If it's beasts or aberrations, undead, fiends, well, but, that kind of stuff, it's okay though, right? As long as humanoids are the ones that we've yeah. now right. kind of like sec sectioned off and saying like there's no evil. There's no good. All of them kind of have like a, a baseline of they are what they end up being based on culture. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm, you know, I'm not even that upset. Like in my mind, the, it's tricky. I think maybe I agree with you, but like, because both of those features are pretty lackluster, but it's pretty apparent that they thought that both of those were going to be a big deal. Right. Like mm -hmm. you, you have so many features that give you like, ability to track favorite enemies and difficult terrain doesn't slow your group and when you forage you find twice as much food and if you're you know like there's all of these things um even when you're engaged in another activity while traveling you remain alert to danger like all of these wilderness based survival based mechanics are provided it's not like it's not flavor text it's meant to be a mechanic right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The idea of foraging is supposed to be a mechanic. It's in the DMG, right? Like, right. Yeah. But but nobody cares in five E. It was boring. It's it's you know what? Why? Well, because there's not a robust rule set around it. You could I could argue that there could be a really cool idea of foraging, but it's not in five E. Well, mm -hmm. right, and it's probably uh, uh, I just lost the idea of it. I, I, well actually you know what how about this uh foraging is something that is a first through fifth level at most thing and then after your after fifth level you've got spells and access to like a hand, yep. hand handy haversack portable holes which is what yep. Yep. colville talks about that right like we're gonna bring up patron state again but um like D, D was obviously designed to be a level one to ten game Mm -hmm. And then they felt that there was a precedent that forced them to go to up to level 20. But D&D shines like 80% of Dungeon Masters prefer to run games at 10th level or below. Like, yep. they feel like that's a sweet spot. Like, and I'm in one of that. Like, I enjoy yep. my higher tier games, but the sweet spot is low. Um, so, I, and Rangers are great at tier one, I would say. Yes, Rangers are great at tier one. Sure. If you are um, playing a but, only tier well, one campaign, you should play a ranger because that's going to be well, your best. Uh, hang, hang on a second. I, I would actually even argue that they should be the best at tier one, but they're also the worst at tier one by comparison to all of the other stuff that's out okay. there. Okay, yeah. It, compared to every every other tier, the ranger's tier is tier one, but when you benchmark Fair. that Fair. against other classes, yeah, it's Fair. still crap. Yep. But like the idea the that like they get all their they get all their cool stuff so early mm -hmm. that it's fun because other classes have to catch up, right? Like they get favorite enemy, natural explorer, fighting style, and spell casting by level two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a big deal. And then at third level, they're getting their archetype and they're getting primeval awareness. That's a huge amount of flavor. Two abilities per level for six le for three levels is is awesome and it feels great those first three levels and i'll even argue that it feels great for levels four and five because you get then you're getting your feet and then you're getting your extra attack you can feel great as a ranger up to level five then it's a sharp decline yeah um that you never recover from that being said i do have i mean some of my favorite characters that i've played and some of the favorite characters that my players have played have been rangers and so i don't like discrediting them fully i think i think the the thing about rangers is yeah they're, they're, i like the, the thought that they're hinged on the weakest pillar of play 
Um, that's a that's a huge thing, and that's and that's part of the reason why they can't fix them, is because they're not yep. attacking the problem. Yeah, huh. they're not attacking that third level of pl- that third pillar of play. But also, I kind of feel like the ranger is the role players class. It can be if you yeah. if you want to make be. it we'll... sing, you have to be able to bring that stuff in. Because I'd argue that that could be anything though. That could be any class. Oh, I mean, yeah. Well, no, you you could make any class sing with role playing. You kind of need the role playing to make the ranger sing because it's so yes. weak in everything else. It's so right. weak in its crunch. I see what you're saying. In order, yeah. in order to to buttress it up, right? Yeah. In I order mean, to in order to make it fun. Ch- yeah, I agree. And really. and the other problem with the ranger is that it does not deliver on a base level expectation that people coming into D and D expect out of a ranger, and that is a tried and true animal companion. Mm. Yes. Yes. That should be. Yes. That should be without a doubt. Every every ranger should get that. There should not be a beastmaster subclass. Yeah, mm-hmm. there there should be a spell slinging subclass, just like there is for fighters. There, so you know, you you should have the um, the eldritch knight version for the ranger. Where oh, if you want spells, here's a way to get that. Maybe even half the well, subclasses have spells. Well, why not flip it? Because rangers, like you said, rangers get spells at level two, right? Yeah. Instead of having an eldritch knight version, because they're all eldritch knight. Night versions basically because they get spells at level two have a spellless ranger subclass as oh you could absolutely do that too yeah, yeah yeah so you're you're flipping the the concept one of the things I think they really screwed up on is they got rid of hunter's mark as an ability mm. and made it a well, first level spell yeah but that's kind of like the way that they made it but yes it is a first level spell but it's also almost like the equivalent of an encounter power as to how often they get it anyway. And since you can move it around once you've cast it, it's pretty much to me. It's like, it's this, if they, they made it optional by making it, making it a spell. Like you can use it if you want to, or you can substitute it out with something else. And that's, that's where Ranger has, that's the only way that Ranger has gotten its juice for the past five years is that they have added subclass after subclass that allows for additional tack on damage. Mm Mm-hmm. Because what they're trying to, what they're acknowledged, what they've acknowledged, right? What they've acknowledged through all the subclasses they've released is that exploration doesn't matter and that what matters is combat. Because every subclass has eventually evolved into how can we let them add a D8, add a D6, add a blah, 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 you know, add their whatever we can do to get their damage output up per hit because we need that damage to be at a certain level. Um, Are we, but here, let me ask you this though. What's the weakest part of the ranger then of the pillars? Are we actually saying that exploration is the weakest pillar? Yeah, because to me, because to me, the combat pillar is the weakest p- pillar. No, no, no. Okay, so clarify, oh, clarify. Okay. The weakest pillar in D and D is exploration. Yes. I agree. The with that. The weakest pillar yes. for ranger is combat, which is why they doubled down right. on making them more crunchy. Right, right. But yeah. if if all the yeah. pillars were equal, which is what they present, right? Right. Then you wouldn't have to because the ranger would excel in in a pillar that only it excels in. Well, let me ask you this, and of course every player is different; they can't broadly generalize yeah. or anything like that. But I wonder if the major what level of majority? Because I'd be I'm, I'm arguing that it's a majority. Whenever a player is deciding what subclass they're going to do, feat they're going to do, when, when they're mm-hmm. kind of like tweaking out their player, are they thinking RP exploration? Or debate, or are they thinking, how the hell can I squeeze as much crunch out yep. of this thing as possible? Well, what is my dump people, stat? Yeah. Okay, right? so let's look at Adventures League. 
that, that's that's the uh, the lens that we probably view the things most. Yep. Yeah. If you have a ranger come to your table, what subclass are they? Gloomstalker. Gloomstalker. Yeah, Gloomstalker. Every single maybe, time. Or maybe I hunter. see a hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen one Horizon Walker, yeah. and that was so, a flavor heavy one. So here here's the issue. I mean that 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 should be a glaring beacon of uh, is totally screwed up. Is when you co- when when you have people playing a single subclass all the time, because otherwise they're not going to have any fun. Now mm-hmm. they do that with druids only because people are so stuck on. I want to change into a bear. Well, that's because that's the only thing druids are good for. Saving that for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> But meat shield, blood bag. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, that's one trick pony, right? One trick uh, pony. The druid is literally the one trick pony. The ranger doesn't even have a trick. Um, so <laughs> he, he only has a pony if he takes a beastmaster. That's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so, so I, I would say, because I don't want to just complain about the ranger, right? So right. I would say, though, I would notate there are ways that you can fix the ranger that don't involve. You rebuilding it from the ground up. I agree. Before we before we get yeah. into that, can sure, I sure. can I do? Let me th- let me throw something at the two of you. Name the last good ranger class. In in addition, right? Because I'm I've, I've been kind of like on the side over here going through my PDFs for, for AD and D second edition, third edition, fourth edition, and now fifth. Right. One of the first things that we asked about was we're kind of trying to like define our terms. Like what is a ranger and what are they really supposed mm-hmm. to be good at? If we go back to Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, uh, let's see here. It is. Rangers are a subclass of fighter. Mm-hmm. Right? Makes who it. are adept at woodcraft, tracking, mm-hmm. scouting, and infiltration and spying. Yeah. Yeah. So they were all they were very roguey, which is why they feel like why well, that's why. Look, you look at it, you're like woodcraft and fighteriness and exploration it's right in this weird middle spot in 5e because of the past kind of dictating well it's supposed to be all these things yeah, yeah. it's like it's like jack of all trades master of none well, is really what, well, what's ended up happening i i've always looked at the ranger as the special forces mm-hmm. of the classes mm-hmm. sure you've got the uh, barbarians who are the shock troop You've got yeah. the fighter who is the, you know, the Infantry, grunt. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got the ranger who is the special forces. I know how to do all this stuff. I'm the Rambo. Yeah. Mm. And, rogues are snipers. Yeah. And the rogues are snipers. Yeah. So the ranger just lost its teeth yep. by well, the time it got to 5e. It got everybody wanted a piece of the pie and they ended up taking it from the ranger. I mean, like, the, the, the nail in the ranger's coffin was when they, they gave the scout subclass to the rogue. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like hello, yeah. If, that, if, that, if you if you want to be a spellless ranger, be a scout rogue. Rogue scout, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, well, let's so hang on a second. So kind of keeping sure. that same like first edition, second edition, everything like that, right? Yeah. Look at if you look at third edition, we've been having problems with the ranger as yeah. far back as at least third edition, mm-hmm. because whenever they rebuilt third edition into three point five, <clears throat> the class that got the biggest overhaul was the ranger. And we're talking about a significant overhaul, whereas before there was just a desert, a wilderness of no extra stuff but additional slots and favorite enemy stuff mm-hmm. in in the in the first yeah. iteration of third, and then in three five you start seeing combat style, endurance, animal companion, imp- improved combat style, woodland stride, swift tracker, evasion, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, combat style mastery, camouflage. So to your point, 3.5, maybe where some of that comes from, the idea of them being like the special forces, like that Rambo or like uh, SEAL Team 6, feels like it comes, a lot of this comes from that specifically, right? Well, I, I had, I, that's how I thought of Rangers Chicken right from first, from first sure. edition because I mean to me it was it, that was Rambo if, right. if you're if you're gonna have somebody that is if you're gonna look for examples Rambo is a ranger it, yeah. Rambo is what a ranger should be let, mm-hmm. let me put it that way mm-hmm. with or without spells I don't or like optional. I don't I do not like spells I think they should just be class abilities. They, it seems like it waters it down when you try to give them spells because then yep. they have to justify. Well, we gave them spells, so we have to, we can't give them all these additional abilities. Yeah, and then you you're, again, you kind of like it gets muddy yep. that way, right? Yep. You can see you can see the flaws, the 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 the, the trade offs having to be made in design at this point. If you look at a class hard enough, you can see like what's the, what what what's the problem with sorcerer? I'll tell you what the problem with sorcerer mobility. Why is it the problem with the sorcerer? Because every subclass that they've put out since the book, basically, has had as its core a way for the sorcerer to get out of danger quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, you know, you can start to see now some of these are big problems with some of the classes and some of them are small. The ranger's problem is that it's it devoted too much of its its skill points, so to speak, to spells. It's, yeah, it's build points. And it doesn't have much left over to do anything else. And yep. then it spent another portion of its stuff on exploration, which is basically just trashing it. Most DMs just throw that away anyway. Yeah. 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 So, so so how to fix it? I know exactly how to fix it. You give it to Matt Colville and have him ill-rigorize it. Mm-hmm. It's coming. He's he said numerous times that his version of the Ranger will not be a true rebuild, but it will be his version of the Ranger is coming. Yeah, I want to see that. I want to yeah. see that. But the sensibilities of the ill-rigor... The, the design sensibilities and, and the yeah. different ways they attacked mm-hmm. aspects of that class where it's not, oh, these three subclasses all feel kind of similar. They don't. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. They do completely different things. Like That's different what we sk- need. Yeah, instead range. of like different skill trees yeah. that drastically change the play, right? Well, here's the question, though. Yes, we can hand it off to, to patron Saint Matt, and I'm sure that he could, he could zhuzh it up, but... How do you take the 5E without overhauling it? Yep. How do you take the 5E PHB Ranger and and how do you save it at this point? I don't know how you do it, honestly. Play the because I have to well, play the Rogue Scout. Scout. Yeah, that's true, exactly. And I'll then buy a dog. Do. I'll tell you what I do, and I'm not perfect with it, but I think that it dramatically helps. And I like the Ranger that I have currently in my party. And I think that I'm doing a good job at, at allowing him to feel cool. And the way that we do that is that exploration becomes their masterpiece. Hmm. And the way we do that is the ranger pretty much gets a guaranteed success on survival checks, uh, on finding their way through things. Now, certain certain elements can be more challenging than others. But instead of the ranger having to roll like everyone else for everything. Sometimes the ranger just succeeds. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when that. they're trying to track goblins, I just say, yup, sounds good. You have a ranger in your party. You can absolutely track a goblin. You don't need mm-hmm. to roll. Right? Or uh, we're looking for food or a good place to camp for the night. 
The ranger can find you that. No problem. You have a ranger with you, you can do that. The ranger can feel cool by not having to roll where other people do. And because exploration doesn't matter, it's it doesn't hurt the game for me to say, sure, yeah, you find it. So, okay, my my thought, right? When we're when you mention like special forces, the first thing that I think about is the element of surprise. So for me, one of the things that I would do with a ranger is I would add in a mechanic that would allow them to have the chance of getting surprise at the beginning of a, of, at the beginning of a, a combat. It's one of those things that even if they're out in the open and there are four or five other members of their party and the bad guys saw them coming, they still are like, where the hell did this guy come from? Right. Or this gal or whatever. Right. It's like they, they're so in tune really with the, interesting. I- yeah. the idea of ambushes. Right. It's like, they're like, they don't, you know how like the barbarian at one time or another was like, like they, they would get bonuses against traps. Right. Well, the ranger gets bonuses against an ambush. So and we're not talking like every single one, right? But we're talking about like a power or an ability or something like that that would say, uh, once per day, you have you have surprise. You're you're there's in no reason, top. There's no or reason top of, why or top of the initiative order, right, or something like that. There's no reason why you couldn't have a eighth or ninth or tenth level ability. That's just if you're in one of your favorite terrains, you always catch. You always get. Uh, so, to be, take surprise, surprise or draft. you get or you get surprise oh. a number of times equal to your wisdom modifier yeah. or something like that right if you want to be able to because you don't want to like say every single time because what'll be end up happening is there'll be a there'll be so many ranger assassins out there that it'll be ridiculous mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well because you put the buy-in high enough though and it'll be fine yeah you could, you could do the it. whole uh you know it's not necessarily the fact that they can hide all the time because that's one of the things that i kind of yeah i know that uh you know certain elves can just kind of fade away in in a in a in a light rain that's just stupid but whatever you know don't make it that they can hide it's just the fact that you know rangers are so good at assessing the situation yeah and understanding yeah. it's like oh the bad guys are coming i i'm surrounded i can't do anything so i'm just going to stand here and you know kind of like the 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 sherlock holmes the yeah the rjd yeah. i'm looking uh, I RDJ. I'm looking and I'm, I'm mapping out what's going to happen, and that gives you advantage on your first mm-hmm. attack for that round. Yeah, you can even you can even go one step further and say, like, you have surprise, and you can move yourself like once and once combat begins, you can move yourself within like 30 feet of your party or something like that, right? It's where it's like you were off to the side anyway because you're supposed to be the exploratory. The, like the 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 vanguard, the, the point. like that, the forerunner, the point, right? That you could put, you can kind of put them somewhere that's advantageous to you, also, right? Because I when when I think of like I think of that, I think of uh, I think of uh, Schwarzenegger in Predator, where he's got like yeah. mud all over him, and he's he's like he's do using, it. he's like do it, you know? Kill me now. Like, Get yeah, exactly. So that's I. That's the in my head. It's yeah. like the ranger is so in tune with his environment or her environment. That they can, they are just, they're always thinking like that. And so it's like yeah. that spidey sense that they've always got in their head that kind of, that gives them that, his, that advantage. His Peter Tingles? His Peter Tingles. That's right, baby. Now, Peter okay, Tingles. Plaid Weasel has an awesome idea. As you level up, maybe have ways they can manipulate the initiative order. Ooh, that would be cool. Yeah. Right? Not just yeah. their own initiative, but they could actually reduce an enemy's initiative. Yeah. Ooh, or, 
or for whatever cool. strange reason, you could increase it. Yeah, yeah. right. If you wanted to, like the effective, effectively, like a bardic inspiration kind of thing, like a die that you use for, either for a team member or against an, an on an enemy to well, either reduce or uh, increase, or just have it. Yeah, there you go. You could you can swap with. I wouldn't even even limit it to a PC plaid weasel. I would say you can swap initiative numbers with any creature on the initiative chart. That would be awful. That, I that, don't want that. That does not have legendary actions, right? <laughs> that does not have legendary actions. You okay, just yeah. Put that qualifier it, on there, so oh, then mm. your, your red dragon can't swap with that, right? But mm. yeah, sure. Any you know minions, sure, all day long. Um, mm. Something that you could do that I have done and I really like, and it doesn't. You don't have to make change any rules whatsoever, but cognitively think about what magic items would help my ranger be better at what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, there's always something that you can do. If your ranger really loves to cast spells, give them a staff or a a rod or something that allows them to cast a spell that would otherwise require concentration, or mm-hmm. you know, or a spell that's they are going to cast a lot. Maybe your, maybe your ranger summons a lot of critters. So you could give them a staff that allows them to do that. So they're not blowing their spell slots for it, right? Um, or give them, you know, some some gems that allow spell storing, so they can have a few extra spell slots that way. Give them a bow that makes them just as good as a fighter because they get an extra d6 cold damage or whatever, right? Like. You can make the ranger pretty cool by giving because they they will utilize those things and they'll be really excited to do so. Um, give them a cloak that makes them super stealthy, right? Like mm-hmm. um, magic items can really get your ranger in a good spot if you have a DM or if you, as the DM, can kind of see what they're trying to do and then just kind of help bring them in line mm-hmm. in that way. The, the- to me, the downside of that, though, is the 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 magic item economy for for the ranger then has to go up, and you know, so it's like, oh, so you need more magic items than everybody else to be cool. I agree, or just or just make sure that they are the ones that get the the very rare item first, right? If they get it and it's three months of game time before anyone else gets it, they got to feel cool for it. For a chunk of the campaign, right? Mm. And yeah. their damage output, just you know, like if they're the first in line, they're gonna feel cool for a while, and by the time everybody else catches up, then they're ready for the next cool thing, right? Like, but that, yeah, to me, that just seems so lackluster. It doesn't always, it doesn't always work, right? Yeah. Because sometimes there's not a perfect item, or there's not a perfect time to give a perfect item. Right. But if you can well, do it, it's an easy what, fix. But again, what it feels like is you, in order, you have to sacrifice spe- like magical items that you'd like to have for ones that you have to have in order to yeah. make your class work. And it, to me, it's 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 kind of like you know I like what you're talking about with, with with how you're making your ranger feel cool by just saying, oh, you're trying to track something. Yep, you succeed. Mm-hmm. But it it to me, you're not. That's not fixing the ranger. That is slapping a chuck a duct tape on it and hoping it's going to hold. Well, I mean, it's same with on... the magic items. Are you trying to fix it for everybody or are you trying to fix it for your table? Right. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, you, it needs to be fixed for everybody. That's it fair. needs to be fixed fair for enough. everybody. And because to me, it's like, it almost feels like, you know, when you have that person in your, at your table 
that for whatever reason their dice will not roll above a five. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you give them inspiration. You give them hero points. You you grant them advantage for for just Willy-nilly, absolutely yeah. stupid reasons. And for whatever reason, they cannot roll above a five. Yeah. No matter what you do. That person still feels like crap. And if it's me as the player, and I know you're giving me advantage and inspiration and all this stuff to make up for my inability to roll a die... That makes me feel bad. That makes me feel ineffectual because I was like, okay, oh, I'm such a, sh- sh- a sucky class that you have to give me auto success." There's a little bit different though, right? Like, uh, I hear you. I don't like, like, I don't want to give them because I'm not giving it to them out of pity. I'm giving it to them because I want their character, like every person is playing a thing because they want this experience. To be cool. Yeah. Right, yeah. they, and 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 why are we playing the game if not for that? Right, right. So it's not the ranger isn't going to be perfect in every situation, and and me letting you track everything super easy does not mean that you're the best character in the game. It just means that you better get to live out that aspect. Right, um, but 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 to me, it's you're skewing it so that they get to do that without having to roll everybody else to do their stuff. They still have to roll yeah. and do all the rules and everything else. So but it's if a, I said, it's a if gimme. I said, oh, here's some, here's some homebrew rules to let you move stuff around an initiative. Like that's still great. I'm not saying like, that's a great idea. Plaid Weasel. I'm going to steal that for something, <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. um, but, but that's just as much. If I say all the other classes are fine as is, but you Ranger at fifth level, get this ability. That's still a give me. But you're doing it. You're 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 not just allowing them to, to succeed. You're making up a rule set for them to follow. Because everybody that has played this game long enough or got on any message boards knows the ranger sucks ass. Right. Well, yeah. right. So instead of saying like, "Here's an ability, and here is a limited number of times that you you either auto succeed or that you will roll an advantage or something like that," instead you're you're kind of waving your hand and saying, "For right now, the mechanics don't matter." Which is fine. Right. Erring on the erring on the. I'm with you though. Yeah. Erring on the side yeah. of fun and cool is what I want. But having, I also want my players to be able to depend on their character That's abilities. Reasonable. Yeah, right. That's I, yeah. Right. And with, I know that, like they know like I can. I am in control of whether my player or my character sucks or doesn't based on like the die rolls in my decisions. Mm-hmm. I don't have to get like a handout from the DM every single time with something like yeah. that. And I, and I'm also taking this, I'm like I said, I'm not dogging cause I, yeah, you want to make that player feel cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure your description of how you do it is, is way more blase than what actually happens at the table. Oh, sure. There's got to be more, you know, oh, yeah, 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 you, you do that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You. I don't yeah, think you're doing that. I doubt that's that happening. Way. You know, you're, you're making this player have a good time, and that's what's awesome. I just think that not, not for that player specifically, but for Ranger players in general, mm-hmm. you have to have that rules chunk, that crunch, that makes it work instead of, the crap that we have in all the different subclasses that still don't work, hmm. and you've only got two that are even viable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, I, I, I think, I think my main thing with that was just to say, like, what can we give our listener DMs 
to actually put into use, right? Like, mm -hmm. if we build, rebuild the Ranger and we say, go buy it on the DM's Guild or it's free on the DM's Guild, cool. That's not going to work for every group, though. Right. Groups that play AL, groups that um, just don't want to mess with the DM's Guild or their players want to be able to run on D&D Beyond or whatever, right? Like, there's plenty of think people that that won't work for. Right. So if they're, if they're using the Ranger, the default Ranger, how can we make that experience better? Okay. So how do we do it with anybody? How do we do it with anybody, right? If somebody's having a hard time with their roles, they're having a hard time where like my my character just hasn't found their place or like yeah. there's just not enough for me to do. What you do at least at my table, right? I've got I had a, this actually happened pretty recently for one of my my Friday players or one of the game one of the characters in my Friday game. Uh, they were like there just really wasn't a lot for me to do this time around. Mm -hmm. I just felt like and it, he wasn't blaming me. He wasn't mad at me. He's like I just really kind of like felt like a wallflower like my character wasn't comfortable yeah. you know whatever so to me whether it's public play because you have dm empowerment even in public play mm -hmm. or if it's private play where you're all to have the ultimate power as a dm right you don't have you're beholden to no no organized play structure sure. right um when you're build when you're like planning that session to make sure that you're mindful of that character and have something in there for them not every the same thing every single time like all right so and uh do give me a a, a survival check or uh you're gonna go and you're gonna search this dungeon or this wilderness or something like that every single time or you're going to you know uh, use animal handling to make that bear not angry anymore. <laughs> Think of something that's going to allow them to spotlight what they do have and the, yeah. and the stuff that they do have that is really good. Allow them to shine in those elements and not you don't have to reevaluate or re-engineer the entire story in order to do that. You're just adding little bits and pieces here. Those just give them that that chance and either they grab a hold of it or they don't or the die fail them. And if the die fail them, it's the dice's fault, not the class's fault. Not the the player's fault, and not yours certainly. Uh, that's how that's probably how I would end up handling it. It's just making sure that I'm planning in the engagements, mm -hmm. combat, and story and stuff like that. For for me as a, as the DM, because I mean, there's nothing that you as the player can do to make the crunch of the ranger better. You just mm -hmm. have to, and and that, that's where I say you have to dive in the role play aspect of the ranger for you to make it cool for yourself. Mm -hmm. As a DM. I, I I kind of take what Zach says that he does. And it's like, okay, you want to track this thing. Go ahead and give me that survival check. Regardless of what you do, regardless of what you roll, you're going to succeed. I don't tell the player this, but... And it's just how, how well they roll tells me to what degree they've succeeded mm -hmm. or how quick they succeeded. If they get a 20 on that roll, it's like... Oh, it is noticeable, and as a matter of fact, you've determined that you know you've gotten extra information out of that whole thing about the trails, and that gives you advantage on the first round of combat if that's what you, if that's what ends up happening when you finally get there. You know, yeah. Things like that. If they roll a, if they roll a three, yeah, after about twenty minutes of searching, you finally pick up the trail, um, yeah. and it it adds extra time to your travel, and maybe. The bad guys now have time to set up an ambush. Yeah, but you find the trail. Yeah, it, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about that now, and I'm like, like, it, I was just thinking the other day that like, even Paladin steals from Ranger in frustrating ways, right? Like, mm -hmm. Ranger has primeval awareness, which sounds cool, 
until you realize it's just a way suckier version of Divine Sense. Yep. Requires you a spell burn, slot. You burn a spell slot, exactly. And it's a mile, which sounds better. But what you really want is to know where they are. And knowing if they're within 60 feet is way more helpful than knowing if they're within a mile. Mm. So, yeah, it's ugh, gross. Anyhow, I'm just... Well, it, and it, I think part of this, too, is depends upon the limitations that we're putting ourselves under, right? If we're saying we're not going to change any mechanics about the ranger, that's really, really hard. Because we've mm -hmm. already established mechanically... It's a turd sandwich, and there's it is hard. It's it's hard to get that one down. It's a double decker. But if you're doing something like even something that's like simpler, maybe you give them more spell slots, right? That yeah. gives them more options, a little bit more stuff they can do. They can cast hundreds them, mark more times if they want. Or, to. or maybe they maybe they get their spell slots back on a short rest instead of a long. Uh -huh. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Or they yep. get two uh, types of favored terrains per level, or two uh, you know mm -hmm. favored enemies per time they get it. Whatever, like yeah. How often they get it? Double the amount of time, thanks, so that they're just, yeah. they have a ton of favorite enemies and they have a ton of natural. And I like ideas like that in particular because you're not creating new mechanics. You're doubling down on certain ones and you're tweaking, you're adding a little bit here. It's like, do this more. And I think we're good, right? As opposed to like a feat or, but you could even go down, if you wanted to, be, to do the extreme, you could create new spells mm -hmm. for the ranger. That would be, oh, yeah. or just go dive into Cobalt Press. You know, their their oh, you know the saturation of spells. Yes. Or like mm -hmm. like, uh, dear listener, please do not go make new spells. Uh, I say that as someone who <laughs> sometimes has to make new spells. There are a ton of spells out there. Yes. You can find yep. some that are perfect, um, and spells are hard to balance, and you'll regret it. So, listen yep. to me and my experience. Spells are hard to balance, and you will regret it. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, I, I, I feel like we're, I think we're all hitting on the same things, which are you double down, you highlight the moments mm -hmm. that where they do shine. And if not, if, if both of those things aren't working, then maybe you slide in with one of these other great ideas that chat's been posting or Troy or John, you slide in with one of those options to kind of mm -hmm. give them that little bit of juice. But um, I think that there's a good... I never steer anybody away from the ranger. No. Right. Right. And I would encourage you as a DM never to do that. Um, I would encourage you to clarify what the ranger is to a player who's looking at it, especially a new player. Right. Mm -hmm. Same thing with a druid or with a lot of these other classes, right? Like, hey, you want to play a druid? That's awesome. What about a druid excites you? Well, I love the idea of casting spells. Cool. Awesome. You probably will be all right, but don't pick Circle of the Moon, right? Like, <laughs> right, yeah. Like, there's, there's, you, you want to make sure that the experience that they're expecting isn't the experience is is something wrong, other than what they're getting into. Because I have definitely had players that are like, I want to play a ranger because I want a pet. Cool. Uh, play play we'll, a wizard. We'll play, work play it play out. Play something yeah. else. Yeah. Play, yeah. Play a wizard that gets uh, find familiar. Find familiar. Or just, yeah. all, you know, there's definitely been times when I've let my ranger have the find familiar spell. Is. Mm -hmm. right and that and that i mean that should be a it should it, yeah it's dumb <laughs> even if it's not right it's even if it's not like paladin gets fine steed yeah F fine Rain. familiar for for the wizard why not find animal companion for a ranger i okay let, let's go back to that again how, how would i make it better i would say okay you can have animal companions mm -hmm. they're not fine familiar because they're not spirits they're actual animals which means if they die, they die. 
Mm-hmm. But you can't. You, if you take the animal handling and you find if you you encounter different animals, or I'll even let you start off with one if you want to. And they're a sidekick. They're gonna. Mm-hmm. We're gonna use the sidekick rules, and they're gonna they're gonna be the warrior sidekick or whatever mm-hmm. it's called, and go that way. And it's it's going to be kind of equal to your character level. If if uh, if your wolf, your fourth level wolf companion dies, and you and you find another another wolf, it it starts three two levels lower than you, kind of a thing. Just you know, and after a couple of adventures, you you get him trained up a little bit, just to kind of because it is the natural way of things. It is it is nature. It is not a spirit. And I kind of, I kind of feel like eh, that makes it a little bit lame for the ranger. I feel like it needs to be a little bit more dirty, a little bit more gritty, a little bit more bloody for the ranger. So losing animal, animal companions is kind of part of it. You know, you're going to do that. You know, you're going to lose an animal companion, mm-hmm. and it and it makes mm-hmm. them. It would make them think about it more because, not that rangers are on critical role right now. But that's one of the things that drives me absolutely nuts listening to that or watching that show is the way Jester treats her stupid animals. It's like that weasel has been stuck in her pocket for like how many months now? Yeah. And you know, sh- she's went through all kinds of stuff. That thing should be dead 20 times over. The, like, yeah. Like, like, think about, you know, what just popped into my mind is the necromancer. I think that's a great template for your ranger the necromancer raises a thrall you can find an animal and at higher levels it can cast higher level spells to get more animals like or to get more thralls and you can cast you can spend more time in the woods whatever whatever and get more critters and it could work so yeah mm-hmm. um there's there's a there's a template for you to follow already yeah yeah yeah, plaid weasel. Weasels are a hardy species. <laughs> I think you're biased. I think you're totally biased. Yeah. Uh, so, is there anything that we haven't covered with regards to ranger? At the very least, even if we if, if we didn't wasn't comprehensive, we didn't cover everything. I think we've given everybody enough to be like to they could probably, you know, engineer something that's going to work at their table. Right, the, and if not, if not that's like this is the thought. These are multiple thought processes that you can have when it comes mm-hmm. to trying to figure that out and make it work for your players. Mm-hmm. It's it's also I I hate suggesting this, but Ranger's not a bad class to multi class into because mm-hmm. you get all that stuff at early levels. So maybe what your Ranger needs to do is just multi class. You know, take enough Ranger mm-hmm. levels to get that flavor, but then go stick with Fighter or go yep. stick with Druid or whatever and get the rest of it that way. Which that kind of that kind of dovetails into thoughts that I've been because I'm I'm one of the ones that have been trying to push us to do an episode on every class mm-hmm. because I have been I've been thinking a lot lately about how I think classes should work all things mm-hmm. considered and I mean you know not Troy's an advocate for the sixth edition you heard it here first Mm-hmm. Sixth edition confirmed, and it's all it's all. Uh, Dragonlance has been completely moved into Ravenloft. Yeah, all of it. Cool, yes. all of it. They're all they're cool. All um, no, but I, it, I, is well trolled, dread, sir, well it, it is a domain of sir. Well, it is a it is a domain of dread. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think I I've been thinking about how classes. Uh, there there is a class bloat 
I feel, and I think it. some classes are unnecessary, should not be a class. So the next one we're going to talk about is Monk, right? Mm. I think yep. next Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which makes me so sad, because I want to love the Monk. But anyway... Like we, we'll have to save that for the next yep. for the next one. Though. Table that we've got monks, druids, a lot of lackluster, boring sorcerers looking at you uh, mm-hmm. that just need thrown in the garbage. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, we'll talk about those at another time. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I think uh, I think. Uh, what What do you guys think? Should we Should we put our heads together and try to create our version of a ranger? The three of us kind of do see. T- let's let's see if you guys are down for it. Let's see if we can ill rigor it. Well, I will say I am down for that, but I will say that I have one. It's been sitting in my Google Drive for about two oh. years, uh, but it's there, hiding, waiting. <laughs> we can make another one though. I'm okay, absolutely okay. So me. how about this? this we'll, we'll work on our version of the Ranger. And then when mm-hmm. the th- the three of us are done, you could pull out your ranger, and we can kind of look at it and see how they compare, what mm-hmm. what what they do good, what mm-hmm. one might do better than the other, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Sounds good. I'm down for it. We'll, we'll we'll find time in our otherwise you know quiet schedules too. Yeah, yeah. super to quiet. Make that happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey. Uh, speaking of which. Uh, Thank you so much for taking time out of your weeks, fellas, to yeah. uh, pop in and chat for a while. Thanks yeah. to chat for hanging out. And um, it's been great hearing your... Uh... Man, I'm going to be stuck on Thladweasel's suggestion for a while because I think that would actually be really handy. I uh, I actually, yeah, screenshotted that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I mean, even if you didn't do it like that, you could do a feat that would be really cool. Like, that would be a great feat, right? Oh yeah, yeah, Tactician. it would be an awesome feet, but I know feet feats are just feats are just the place where Watsy dumped all the good ideas that didn't fit into anything else. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. but but what I'm saying is like, man, that idea just needs to be a class feature. Period. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I agree. The warlord, right? That's if, if there was a warlord in five e, it would be able to do that. Yeah, the uh, move a, things around a chrono mage. The the yeah. weasel the weasel being a hardy species. <laughs> is the idea that I was talking about? No, well, the, hey, be, yeah, being able to manipulate initiative. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you think that we're uh, full of beans and we have it all wrong, and that there's an element to the ranger that we missed, I would encourage you to uh, take your wrong opinions and bring them <laughs> to us on Facebook <laughs> <laughs> and stuff them in a sack. Yes, no. We, Up we'd love knows to with the rubber. We'd hose. love to hear uh, <laughs> what what you think about the ranger or any of the other classes. Um, you can always reach out to us on Facebook, and we'd be uh, happy to chat. Um, that's also where you get notifications when we do these live recordings and when we're running games for Watsi or at a convention or something like that. Um, we post news articles on there from time to time. Um, so there's just a lot of a lot of nuggets that you might find by going to the Bite Size Gaming uh, Facebook page. Yeah, and and hopefully that that will get better too. Is you know, us getting putting stuff out there, information yeah. and all that stuff. Better every day. Uh, so 
Uh, I think next week we're going to be diving in with another listener-generated question. So mm-hmm. uh, stay tuned. Keep your eye out for that. And send us your own. If you have something, a topic that you want discussed, uh, we'd be happy to hear it. Um, so until next week, I guess we'll see you next time. We will see you next time. Have a great Good game, everybody. everybody. Adios. That's bedtime and we with pick up Sean and Taylor. Where we left off. Traps. <laughs> <laughs> yes, bedtime with Sean and Teos. Showering with Sean. It's a whole thing. Just live your day. Yes. You know. <laughs>